are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Thursday show for you. We got more baseball to talk. Some numbers that came out of that Philly series that I did not know about, but I'm going to share with you today. We're going to give a little bit of some numbers in regards to this World Series matchup between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers. I'm sure people in Boston, Massachusetts can't wait to plop down and watch this one. Or New York City. Or L.A. Or Chicago. (laughs) Look, it's going to be one of the lowest rated World Series ever. We already know this. Baseball isn't nearly as popular as basketball and football. And then when you have a baseball World Series not featuring at least one of the Blue Bloods, Yankees, Dodgers, Giants, Red Sox, Cubs, it's just... People will tune in, but it's not going to be very highly rated. But that doesn't mean it won't be a great World Series. It could be one of the best World Series ever played. And if it goes seven games, I'm sure the seventh game will draw some ratings. But, hey, I want the Rangers to win. You know I have them bet at 48-1 to before the season. Would have been nice if I knew the Arizona Diamondbacks were going to be here at this point, considering what they were at the beginning of the season. So we're going to talk about that, and we're also going to talk uh, some NFL that I never got to yesterday, and we'll get to all that momentarily. So we're going to start off with this. If you're a Philadelphia sports fan, you probably want to cover your ears for the next few minutes because some of the things that I read, and these are all factual things, these aren't even opinions, uh, are not very good for your city and your local teams. Let's start off with this. Between Major League Baseball, the NHL, and the NBA, that would be the Phillies, the Flyers, and the 76ers, do you guys realize you have lost seven consecutive Game 7s at home? (laughs) Let me repeat that again. Between the Phillies, the Flyers, and the 76ers, they have now lost seven consecutive Game 7s on their home ice or their home field, or their home court. Last time I checked, that wasn't very good. That's almost, how do you even do that? (laughs) You know, it's just, is it coincidental? Is it just a, a vibe floating around Philly where they just can't close it out at home? Seven in a row over three different sports? Man. Here's the crazy thing. The Phillies only have one of those. You know why? Because that game on Tuesday night, game seven, D-backs and Phillies in Philadelphia, I had, this is incredible. That was the first game seven in Phillies franchise history. (laughs) They've never played a game seven? It's not like the Phillies are an expansion team and have only been around for 20 years, 25 years. That would make a little more sense. You make the playoffs, I don't know, every five years or so, and you just don't happen to have a seven-game series. I cannot believe the Philadelphia Phillies had never played a Game 7 in their franchise history until this Tuesday night. That is amazing. How? (laughs) What? How? When? Why? More baseball is witchcraft. I told you numerous times what we're dealing with with baseball. You just have to hope. You have to hope your team gets there, and then once those six months of you dominating or 
however you were playing at the end of the season, whether it's good or bad, just get into the playoffs and anybody's got a chance when it comes to baseball. Anybody. Yes, anybody has a chance when you get to the NBA playoffs, but for the most part, we have seen it has proven out over time that a top three seed is going to win the NBA title in the West or the East. It's just it's the way it's played out. NFL, yeah, you've got a couple wild cards that get there, but you have a lot of one and two seeds that win the Super Bowl. Well, for baseball, we know it's totally random, and you can get random seeds playing each other. I mean, this World Series is the five seed from the American League playing the six seed in the National League. The only worst-seeded matchup this could have been is if Toronto played Arizona because Toronto was the sixth seed in the American League. Remember, the Rangers were the five seed. Yes, they were tied for the division lead in the AL West, but because they lost on a tiebreaker and because they didn't have the best record of another team that didn't win their division, that went to the Tampa Bay Rays, that pushed the Rangers to the five seed. But Philadelphia Phillies were the hottest team in the National League. They were 7-1 and one after going up two games to none on the Arizona Diamondbacks, including winning game two 10 to nothing. So here's a team that sweeps their first two games of the playoffs, then takes on the best team in baseball this year, record-wise, the Atlanta Braves, and they win three out of four. So they're three and they're five and one after their first two rounds. Then they wins game, win games one and two at home. They are seven and one in the playoffs. They're looking like the most unbeatable team in all of baseball. And then what happened? They lost four or five to an 84 win team. That was the sixth seed. <laughs> Again, explain it to me. You can't. Here's something else that I didn't know this until I saw this statistic pop up. Phillies. Still, I mean, even, you know, you go up 2-0, you go to Arizona, and you lose two out of three. That's fine. You're coming home three games to two. There's nothing more you could have asked for. Granted, you easily could have closed out the series in Arizona because, remember, in game four, the Phillies led 5-2 in the bottom of the eighth inning. And then Craig Kimbrell shit down his own leg and was terrible and gave up four runs, and they lost 6-5. So it was 2-2. But then the Phillies won game five. We're like, ah, got all the momentum. All they need to do is win one of two at home. No problem, right? Well, I didn't know this until I saw this statistic, but this is crazy. In games six and seven at home, the four best hitters, arguably, in the Philadelphia Phillies lineup, Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, they went a combined one for 28 in games six and seven. Schwarber, 1 for 5. Turner, 0 for 8. Harper, 0 for 7. Castellanos, 0 for 8. You know, one hit. Their four best players got one hit in games 6 and 7. And this is exactly what I talk about when I talk about the Dodgers' failures over the last two years. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are studs for six months. But they got to the playoffs, and they don't hit. So when your best players don't hit in the playoffs, you absolutely can lose games and lose series. And this is exactly what happened to the Phillies. Now, I've had this argument with Jason Stewart, and I'll bring it up here, but exactly what happened to the Phillies is proving my point about playoff baseball. Because you had the Braves and the Dodgers, who were the top two seeds in the National League. They had that week off. So people can complain, oh, well, God, that week off is terrible. I don't think it's great, but it didn't hurt the Houston Astros last year. They won the World Series, and they had the first week off. So I don't really 
buy that argument, but let's just say that is an argument to make. Top two seeds getting a week off where you don't get it during the season. I said at the beginning of the playoffs, it's it's very unnatural. And so we have seen teams that have gotten the buys that haven't hit well and been eliminated right away in the LDS. Braves and Dodgers, two years in a row. Exact same thing happened to them. But, well, then how do you explain the Phillies? The Phillies didn't get any sort of break. They didn't have a buy. They played all the way through immediately started playing playoff baseball two days after the season ended. Swept the first team they played. Beat the Braves three out of uh, three out of four. First two games in Philly in the LCS. Beat the pants off the Diamondbacks. And they're rolling. So now we can't even predict after a series has started on a team that's very hot. We can't even say, Oh, well, they're just going to win this series. They're up 2-0 and they just won 10 to nothing. <laughs> because in a series where they were hot, two games at home to clinch it, their four best players went 1 for 28. How can you predict that? How can you You can't. It is completely unpredictable. Nobody, even after game five, when the Phillies won to go up three games to two, and they're like, going back home to Philly, six and seven, the Citizens Bank Park is going to be nuts, all this stuff. And it was nuts. The fan base there is great. But then their players didn't hit. And how can you control that? You can't. You had no idea going into those games six and seven that your four best players were going to go one for 28. And Trey Turner and Bryce Harper, two of the hottest hitters in the playoffs and two of the hottest hitters in the first two games of the series, would not get a hit the last two games. So that's what I mean when it comes to baseball. There's nothing, and there's nothing Rob Thompson, Robbie Thompson could have done, the manager. What's he going to do? Bench him? No. It's just craziness. But that's baseball. So now let's get ahead to this World Series matchup. Starts tomorrow night in Texas, Rangers, D-backs. Told you Rangers, beginning of the year, 48-1 to to win the World Series. Do you know what the Arizona Diamondbacks were at the beginning of this world, beginning of the season? To make the World Series? To win the World Series, excuse me. Not to make it, to win it. 125-1. to God, if I only would have put a bet in on that team and and, and had it and had a chance to win either, you know, 125,000 or 48,000, you know, it'd just be like, wow. But yeah, Arizona, 125 to 1. The combined winning percentage of the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers in this World Series, a 90 win team and an 84 win team. Combined winning percentage of 537. That is the worst in the World Series since 1991. So 32 years since we've had teams that have combined. For this few wins during the regular season are meeting in the World Series. Here's one for you stat nerds like myself. <laughs> this is a real good one. This is the first World Series ever, ever between teams namesake is both a state. You got the Texas Rangers against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Texas is a state. Arizona is a state. Do you realize in every other World Series, at least one of the two teams playing was a city? Tell that to your friends, your mistresses, 
You'll impress them with that one. And again, to show the randomness of baseball and how much home field advantage really didn't matter, we know it didn't really matter much in the Rangers and Astros series considering the road team won every game. Didn't really matter in the last two games of the NLCS with the Diamondbacks winning both games in Philly. Teams facing elimination. Sorry. Um, teams facing elimination at home this year in the playoffs. 0-5. Phillies, Astros, Twins, Brewers, Rays. All had a chance and all were eliminated on their home field. So in a game of chance already, I'd say that home field advantage probably matters the least. And I could probably look up the statistics for this. But I'm saying of the four major sports, maybe hockey is close to baseball because hockey is so low scoring. But home field advantage in the four major sports, it's got to be the worst in baseball. Basketball, you see a lot of home teams win game sevens at home. I think it's 75% of game sevens in the NBA playoffs are won by the home team. And football, obviously a lot tougher to win on the road in football than to win at home, especially in the playoffs. Baseball, I mean, just the last two seasons, you just look at who was eliminated. And so going into this World Series, it's like, who has the advantage? I don't know. Like I said yesterday, the Diamondbacks have the better bullpen by far. Diamondbacks probably have better starting pitching by far. Rangers got two studs right now that are pitching great and haven't lost in the playoffs. Jordan Montgomery and Nate Evaldi. Nate Evaldi's starting game one tomorrow night. I'm assuming Montgomery's starting game two, and Scherzer's going to pitch game three, but I don't I don't know outside of that. But Arizona, better pitchers, starting pitchers, and better bullpen. Why are the Rangers minus 180 to win this series? I don't know. I think that's way too much. They should probably be closer to 120 or 130. This is a coin flip. Would anybody be really surprised if the Arizona Diamondbacks won the World Series? I wouldn't. But the Rangers are riding a wave right now that I think that's what Vegas is looking at. That just is I think Vegas is looking at this as this is a team of destiny that's eight and zero on the road. How can we make them an underdog? And how can we make them even a small favorite? I guess that's the way they're looking at it, but your guess is as good as mine. Obviously I want the Rangers to win, but nothing's guaranteed when it comes to baseball. I hope they do. I think they need to at least split at home. Because there's been so they've been so good on the road this year in the playoffs. They haven't lost. They're eight no. But again, this is the streakiest team in all of baseball this year. I have followed the Texas Rangers all year. If they were to get swept in this World Series, I think some might be surprised, but I can't say I'd be totally stunned because I've seen this team do it. I've seen this team be on such a streak, and then all of a sudden things turn around and they fall on a streak the opposite way, where they literally can't score a run. And they're leaving men in scoring position all over the field. Can't get a key hit. It's very possible that could happen in the playoffs. I hope it doesn't, but we'll see. All right, let's wrap this up with some NFL talk for you. And there are some teams that we need to start discussing because two weeks ago, after the San Francisco 49ers blew out the Dallas Cowboys, on Sunday night football, it was just like, who's beating this team ever? Could they go undefeated? Like, there was actually undefeated talk when it came to the San Francisco 49ers. And then they went on the road and lost it to the Cleveland Browns with a backup quarterback, P.J. Walker, 
who was in the XFL earlier this year, and then they went out and lost again on Monday Night Football to the Minnesota Vikings. Again, can't explain it. So who's the class of the NFL? Well, is it back to being the Eagles because they beat the Miami Dolphins by two touchdowns? Maybe. But now Jalen Hurts hurt his knee in the game, and he's now wearing a knee brace. And while he is scheduled to start this weekend, it's still him struggling with a knee brace. And he's also thrown eight interceptions this year. So while Philly is sitting there at 6-1, and one, Jalen Hurts has not been the Jalen Hurts of last year who finished second in MVP voting, and I don't think anybody would have been disappointed if he did win the MVP over Patrick Mahomes. So keep that in mind. Jalen Hurts has also won, what, 24 out of his last 26 regular season starts? I mean, he's a stud. One of my favorite players in the NFL, if not my favorite player in the NFL. Just have always loved him since college. I love his demeanor. I love how he just, all he cares about is winning. Never been a showboat. Always gives credit to his teammates. Just an absolute consummate team guy. I can I can see why Philly loves him. What about Buffalo? Four and three with losses to the Jets this year. And who's the other bad team they lost to? Oh, the Patriots. <laughs> so I, you can't even say the Buffalo Bills are some sort of dangerous team come playoffs, at least right, not right now. How could you even say that? They're barely over 500. They have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday Night Football tonight. They're eight-point home favorites. But considering the way Buffalo is so up and down, you just never know what you're getting with them. Miami? You know, win, win a game by 70, come back the next week and lose by four touchdowns? Then win a game by three touchdowns and then come back and lose to Philly by two touchdowns? Like, everybody pretty much has, I don't want to say got the scouting report on Miami, but they're going to have to prove to the pundits and they're going to have to prove to the fans that they are a tough team and they are going to beat you down in the trenches because right now they're just finesse. They're all highlights, glitz, glamour, speed. But when it comes down to it in playoff football, guys aren't just going to be running open down the field like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are, it seems like, every play for the Dolphins. And the two toughest teams they've played this year, they got routed by. Four touchdowns they lost at the Bills, two touchdowns they lost at Philly, and Philly manhandled them. Remember, Philly won that game 31-17. One touchdown the Miami Dolphins scored was a defensive touchdown on a pick six. The other three points they got was when Jalen Hurts fumbled inside his own 20, and Miami couldn't score from there. So Miami had one touchdown drive the whole game. This is a team that put up 70 points and looks unstoppable when they play the Giants at home and puts up 42 points and looks unstoppable when they play the Carolina Panthers at home. But you go on the road on a Sunday night game against arguably the best team in the NFC, and you have one touchdown scoring drive. So nobody is sold on Miami Dolphins being a threat. I mean, they're a tough team for sure. They have speed. They have weapons. They have offensive players we haven't seen before. But is anybody going to be thinking that they are going to gut out a, a low-scoring game in the playoffs or having to go on the road if it's bad conditions? Does anybody think the Miami Dolphins are ready for that? Not right now. Pittsburgh Steelers are 4-2. and two. They might be the worst 4-2 and two team I've ever seen. 
And this is coming from someone who needs them to win nine games this year so I can win my totals bet, over eight and a half wins. They're four and two, and I don't know how the hell they're doing it. I have no clue. They looked awful in the first half against the Rams on Sunday. Awful. And then all of a sudden, they get a defensive stop and they get a defensive turnover in the third quarter, and then it's like they became unstoppable. So the Steelers, uh, any game, they, ha- they, have, they are capable of losing because their offense is so outdated, and their offense is not anything that puts the fear of God into anybody. So the Steelers have the ability to lose any game on their schedule. I just think because of who they are and because of how good their defense is and because of how much that defense carries them, Getting to 9-8, and eight, I think that's what they're going to end up finishing at. I think they're basically a 500 team. And sitting at 4-2, and two, now they have to go, what, 5-6? and uh, So they played 6 games. There's 11 games left. They have to go 5-6 and six the rest of the year. They can do that because <laughs> they're going to win games they shouldn't and they're going to lose games that they shouldn't because that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. They've never finished under 500 in Mike Tomlin's career. And I don't think they're going to this year. But I also don't think they're any sort of threat to anybody in the playoffs. Yeah, they have a good defense, but you got to be able to throw the ball and score. And they're just – they struggle so much offensively. And that can win you regular season games, you know, win you a few 20 to 14 games and 17, 16 games. That's all fine and dandy in the regular season. And in the postseason, yes, you got to have a good defense, but you also need to score. And I just – I just don't think they're there. I've watched every single one of their games this year because I think in four of their six games, I've bet on them. (laughs) Now that I think about it, I had them in game one against the Niners. They lost that and got blown out. I had them in game two at home against the Browns. They won that. I had them against the Vegas Raiders. They won that. I had them um, this past weekend against the Rams. They won that. (laughs) So, yeah, I I think this team is just somehow – pulling games out of the rest. I had them at home against the Ravens. They won that. And they had no business winning that game. The Ravens dominated them the whole game. The yardage was ridiculous. But the Ravens kept dropping passes and committing turnovers. So, worst 4-2 team I've ever seen. So, who is the best team in football? You wanted to say before last week, hey, we could be talking about the Detroit Lions. Nope. 38-6. Get absolutely routed in Baltimore. So is Baltimore the best team in the NFL? Yeah, maybe for this week they are, but what does it really matter? And get ready. Get ready for tomorrow's NFL plays. I've hinted at it. Some of these ugly, ugly home dogs playing against good teams. Some of the best teams in the NFL are on the road this week laying more than a touchdown. That is never, ever, ever a good sign. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review if you can. Pass it along to your friends tomorrow coming out with our college and pro picks. Again, thank you for tailing me, fading me, whatever you do, just as long as you're listening and letting other people know about the Sports Daily. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.